Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 24. And as always, it's great to have you here today, Hugo. How are you doing? Hello, lads. Hello, everyone. Very happy to be here. Thank you very much, Gons. And yeah, as always, a real pleasure to be here. Um, well, another episode, another week. And to be honest, another win for the Super Bibes, which is becoming a bit of the common norm, isn't it? Yes, exactly. We started the year with uh, a lot of wins for Coelho and Tapia. And now it seems like uh, the trend has changed and it's becoming a it's becoming a bit of a tight race, let's be honest. Um, maybe before we go into the discussions of how do we think the number one spot is going to end up, I think uh, that we could delve a little bit deeper into the Amsterdam Open. And uh, yeah, so maybe let's get started with that, Hugo. What were your thoughts of the tournament? Um, an overview of your highlights and lowlights, as always, would be would be good to hear. Of course. And I mean, I've got to be honest, the low light is obviously Tapia and Coelho. I don't think there's any surprises there. And I think everyone in the world would agree with us. I was really expecting them to bounce back from their well defeat against Lebron and Galan in the previous week's tournament. And it was the complete opposite. They lost in the first round of the Amsterdam Open against Gonzalo Rubio and Alejandro Arroyo, who, in all fairness, they are a great pair. They are pushing to make that top eight, even though they they aren't really in that top eight at the moment. But we know how dangerous they are. Arroyo is a big hitter. Gonzalo Rubio is so talented when he has one of those days where he's kind of feeling the ball and feeling the magic. magic. He's sometimes unplayable. And... Obviously, it went down to the line. It was a three-setter and it could have gone either way, but you would have expected Tabian Guayo, the current number ones in the world, to probably have a bit of a walk in the park playing against Arroyo and Rubio. And obviously, the complete opposite happened. So that was definitely my big low light. Once again, I think Guayo is struggling a bit over recent weeks with his aerial play. He's not as much of an aerial threat as he used to be, particularly towards the start of the season. And the pair is suffering and it's hindering them. I also do think that Davia potentially didn't play his best match this well this past week. So it's not all down to Goyo. And as I just said, Ruyo and Arroyo played out of their socks. But still, big, big, big low light for, for me. What about you, Gons? I assume you agree. Yeah, no surprises here. It definitely has to be Koyan Tapia. I think that there could be some potential issues in the coming months just in terms of their uh, fitness. I think that's a big question mark. They've obviously played a ton of matches throughout the whole year. They haven't had like an extended period where they've had a break. Yes, Tapia has missed the tournament here and there. Obviously, Koyo as well. But it's just been a very small amount of time, whereas I think the other main pair, especially Lebron Angalan and Los Super Pibes, have had more rest as such, and they've missed more extended periods of, of paddle. So I think that could definitely be a factor um, considering, well, to, to consider in the next couple of months. And I definitely think that 
at least from the side of Lebron and Galan, they look so much more fresh and the super pibes as well. So let's see how how the how the the season unfolds and if Koyon Tapia can um, I guess go back to to their to, to their level that you know we've been amazed by. I mean, nonetheless, they still obviously are playing at incredibly high level. Um, but this is something as well, which is interesting. Tapia as well, I feel like last year he had a bit of a decline towards the end of the season. Um, he's always had like incredible starts, but uh, it has been a bit of a trend that his performances towards the end of the season have declined a bit. Now, could that be, a, as I mentioned, because of the calendar and, and the amount of paddle that, that he's got under his legs right now? Certainly probably has a factor to play in it, but... Uh, but yeah, it definitely seems like we've got a, a very interesting race in our hands. So I'm very much excited to see that. Agreed. And before we delve into the kind of race for the number one spot, because obviously we will end up talking about our predictions for Guayon Tapia and Superbiris until the end of the season. I think one other major low light, surprisingly, and it may surprise you and everyone else, but I'm going to have to go with Paquito Anchingoto. And it's not a low light in the sense that, you know, they made the final. And that's an unbelievable result taking into account that both Lebron Galán and Guayon Tapia didn't. However, they didn't have to play either of the, those pairs and run up to the final. And even though they won the first set against Tupandineno, they just completely collapsed once again in the final and ended up losing it. And what I mean by low light is it's clear that they are the fourth best pair in the world. I think they've established themselves as semi-finalists in every tournament unless they have to face, well, given that they're full seeded, they don't have to face any of the big three until that stage, until the semi-finals, which is clearly helping them. But once they face any of the big three pairs, I just don't think they have it in them to, to take it over the line. And thinking about whether we actually made a bet a few weeks ago as to whether Paquito and Chingoto were going to win a tournament by the end of the season, I, I think I remember I said no. And I'm very much sticking to my words, having watched the final. Slightly disappointing. What do you think, Gons? Yeah, I, I do agree with you. It's not a disappointment such as, I guess, the one we think about when we spoke about Koyan Tapia, I think this is slightly different. It's almost like a, in this tournament, I did lose a bit of hope that they would ever be able to get a, a title. And uh, it's a shame because it feels like they're always so close and it feels like, oh, this is their time. This is going to be their final. They're going to get it this time. But it just somehow always collapses. And I think that, they both know it. And I think that even obviously the opponents as well know it. Um, I didn't feel like Stupa and Dineno were scared at all at any point during the match, even after losing the first set. I think that they very clearly had a game plan of wearing Paquito down. And I think that was like discussed with the coach. And that eventually came through because at the end of the day, I think the, the main issue for them is is the, the pair will go, and I've mentioned this previously, as far as Paquito goes. And I don't feel like at that level, Chingoto can win games for the pair. Like, I don't think he can win a game 
against uh, Los Super Pibes, against any of the top three, frankly, unless Paquito is at 100%. And we've discussed, obviously, his age. And, and from like a physical point of view, it just seems like he only has energy or he can keep that high of a rhythm, that level of play for one set. And after that, it's a sort of like physical fall and then the mental side, the emotional side kicks in and then it seems like they just can't get out of that, which is fair enough because given, given how much he's played, his age obviously, and the fact that he can still pull such high level is, is, is remarkable to be honest. But yeah, I think that, as a pair, they they have that ceiling. And to me, this tournament was a bit like, unless there's obviously any other significant changes in terms of who they face in, in, in a potential final, I don't think that they can beat the top three in, in a final, to be honest, especially because it would imply that they would have had to, let's say, if, you know, if, if the seedings hold, hold true to themselves, they would have faced already one of the top three in the semifinals and then potentially one of the top three in the final. And I don't think that they can do that like back to back, or at least they haven't shown. So, yeah, in that sense, uh, it is a bit of a shame because, uh, yeah, in, in the bet that we did, I said yes. And uh, I was really hoping that it would come through on uh, on the final on Sunday. I mean, you never know. And maybe we are being harsh. Like they did win the first set of the final. And a match yeah. is decided... But they've done it so many times now. They always have that one set in them. They've always they they want to set against all of them. I feel like they always do it against the Super Pibes, but then they end up losing. So uh, yeah, I just feel like uh, I don't know. I definitely lost a lot of hope. No, I, I do agree. And I mean, just to clarify, Pakistan Chigoto have beaten Lebron Galand this season in that Premier Paddle tournament, but obviously Lebron wasn't at his best yet and he's clearly hit his peak and he's playing very, very well at the moment. Maybe not his peak, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but he's back to a very, very good level. And I don't believe Bakita Chingoto beaten Koyan Tapia all season. If I'm not no. mistaken. Whereas quite a few pairs now have. Quite a few pairs in inverted commas. <laughs> it's not that many of them, obviously. I The thing is, I would even go beyond blaming just Chingoto and I just feel that Paquito almost knows that they're slightly handicapped when playing those big three in a way because of Chingoto. And he probably feels that even if he plays out of his socks, it's not good enough because the two guys facing them, the global of both of the players put together will always be more than Paquito and Chingoto. So whether he's blaming that on Chingoto or not, we don't know. But I do think that mentally he's been a bit weak and he shows his frustration on the court. This is Paquito I'm talking about. Because as soon as the match went against them, as soon as that second set, well, it was the break of serve when they were two all in the second set. And as soon as they had their serve broken, Paquito just almost completely disconnected from the match. And that's what he can't afford to do because we know that paddle and sport in general is just moments. And you can very easily, they did have gold points to kind of bring the break, well, break the Super Bios serve back and get back in the match. But it just felt like 
I mean, they clearly do have belief in themselves. But I think Paquito probably has to work on the mental side of his game, not just in terms of what he believes he can achieve, but also to help his teammate. Because it almost feels like Chingoto's a bit. He's out there on his own when things aren't going well. Whereas when things are going well, Paquito's all over Chingoto, celebrating, pointing at him, being like, you're the one who won the point. So maybe that's uh, an aspect that Paquito could could work on and that could help repair. Yeah, for sure. I think we've always seen his emotional side potentially get the better of him. So uh, we'll we'll see how how that develops. But obviously, given his age and and uh, how he is as a player, I don't think that will change anytime soon. No, agreed. And to be fair, he's probably in his right to think whoever's telling me to change is stupid because I'm yeah. the number one player in the world. I'm still one of the best players. So Hugo and Gons from the battle board. I mean, they can. He can literally shut up and, and continue doing their stuff. But <laughs> moving on, I don't see any other major highlights apart from the Super Pibes, really. Obviously, Lebron played at a very good level, but then he did capitulate alongside Galan in that second set against the Super Pibes. Do you see any other major highlights beyond the Super Pibes winning again? No, I think the main highlight is, uh, yeah, Los Superpivas and how close they've gotten to Coyo Tapia and how tight the race is, to be honest. Agreed, agreed. And actually, that's a great point to, to move on to that topic. I'm just going to go out cold. Gons, who do you think is going to end the season, the World Paddle Tour season as the number one, r- number one ranked pair? Sorry. Oh, God, this is completely... I know it was probably the obvious question that you're going to ask me, but it's actually completely caught me off guard. <laughs> no, I'm going to have... I'm going to go with Goyan Tapia. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. A slight part of me is telling me what an epic story it would be to have three different number one seeded pairs throughout a season, World Battle Tour. Yeah. And they are... Superbius are within clutching distance of the Bombarderos. I believe they're just 1,600 points or so behind them yeah. with around 4,500 points left to play. So that's four tournaments, four World Paddle Tour tournaments. And one of them is obviously the Master Final, which will be held in Barcelona in December. I agree. I do think Goya and Dabia will hold because... I think we're underestimating one, the fact that the Super US have played probably just as many tournaments as match and matches as Guayan Tapia. Because funnily enough, Guayan Tapia were out for a couple of tournaments or uh, due to injuries to both Tapia and Guayo. So I know the Super US missed one due to Dineno's very kind of short injury, but I don't know how many others they've missed. So I do think that fatigue will affect the Superbius as well. And secondly, because this could be the motivation that Koyan Dabia have been lacking over recent weeks. I think at the start of the season, they were probably thinking, let's just do our best. This is a long-term bet. I do believe this pair can reach the number one spot, but they didn't believe they were going to get it in this season. And yeah. they smashed it. And they got it so much earlier than they expected. And because they were winning so much, 
I just have a feeling that to an extent they lost a bit of motivation. They might disagree. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's normal that if you're winning week in, week out, what happens is, and this is actually really interesting because I read an interview from Juan Diaz recently talking about his time with Bella. And he said that the wins were just wins. It was just what was expected from them mm. during their 13 year spell as number one ranked player in the world. But it was the losses that really, really hurt them. And they got it in their heads. Whereas you shouldn't really be thinking that way because winning a tournament should always be unbelievable. But the problem is, is that Koya and Tapia have made it the norm or made it the norm towards the first half of the season. Now that they've lost that, and now that the Super Bibis are challenging and they're within touching distance, I actually think they're going to be back to their best. And if I had to bet, out of the four World Paddle Tour tournaments left, I think they're going to win two of them. So whether the Super Bibis would be able to still steal that number one spot with Koya and Tabia winning two, I don't know. I doubt it. And this is just a bet, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I think in either case, whoever wins it out of uh, Coelho, Tapia, or Los Supervives, I think it would be very well-deserved on, on both fronts. I do feel like there's a bit of poetic justice that needs to be awarded to Coelho and Tapia just because of how well they started the season and uh, the streak of wins, the streak of tournaments. So in a, in a way, I would feel a bit like, like it would feel a bit unfair if they didn't end up winning, especially because they've basically been, like realistically, they've been the number one seed. I, I would almost say like from the beginning, like from the, because when you think about it, it's like when you think about 2023, who's been, who have who has been the best paddle players, you'd probably say Coelho and Tapia. So I do think, and obviously, like Stupandino have been incredible. Like, don't get me wrong, they've been absolutely like amazing, and obviously they're up there as well. But yeah, I just feel like it would be just a tiny bit unfair. But overall, if Stupa, I mean, yeah, if Stupa and Los Superbios win it, I'd be so happy for them as well because they've managed to come from such a an adversity. I remember the, the first half of the season where they just kept on losing final after final after final against Goyan Tapia and the fact that now they, they've they obviously gone over that hurdle. They've beaten them in a number of finals as well and they're like in punching distance to compete for the number one spot. I think it's truly amazing. So, yeah, I'm just hoping that for the Masters final we actually get a... Just the points calibrate as such that there's a there's a potential for the number one change. So it would be epic if there could be, let's just say the the final of the Masters final could be for the number one spot. I think that would be that would cap off a, a brilliant season, and it would be a great sending off as well. I think for the World Paddle Tour, um, giving that obviously in 2024 it's being merged into into Premier Paddle. But yeah. I think that uh, that it was going to be very tight, to be honest. I do see, I, I still see, to be honest, as well, the Super Bowl winning another match, uh, sorry, another tournament. So it, the distance could definitely just shorten. And let's see if there are players, like, let's see as well, like, who, if, if certain players miss some of the tournaments 
all of that, the schedule, uh, fingers crossed that there are like no no major issues on that front because yeah, I would hate for such a such an ending to be essentially decided by some sort of injury or something like that. So so let's see. But I mean, yeah, I think we've got like a some very exciting months coming ahead. Very exciting. And just to touch on one of the points you mentioned, it's quite funny that you say that you would think it would be unfair if Guayan Tapia didn't end the season as the number one ranked pair. I mean, is that coming from a bit of favouritism towards them? Maybe. No, maybe. <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, I'm in the same boat. They they are my favourite pair. So I have that feeling as well. However, is that us just being unfair? Could because be, yeah. At the end of the day, the points is is a real reflection of fairness. And if they end up having more points by the end of the season than Koyo and Dabia, they would really be the fair number one ranked pair. Because also something to take into account is that neither pair has been affected by major injuries. Because Lebron and Galan could argue, yes, we weren't really part of the race because of Lebron's long-term injury. But I don't think either the Supervives or the Bombarderos can save them. So that's quite interesting. But what I also wanted to point out and highlight, something I'm very happy about, is that due to Premier Paddle acquiring World Paddle Tour, it almost felt like the last few World Paddle Tour tournaments weren't going to be as important. And it was a bit of a shame to send off such an important institution for Paddle in that way. I know most players and most pairs are still playing the tournaments, but it felt like they weren't prioritizing World Battle Tour as much, particularly Le Ronan Galan, for example. They went out and said it publicly. Now, both Stupanineno and Koyon Dabia are going to put it all into the last four tournaments of the season, which makes yeah, makes the end of the season incredibly exciting. And I will not be missing any of those tournaments because, sadly enough, there's only six tournaments left, four World Paddle Tour tournaments and two Premier Paddle tournaments, if I'm not mistaken, due to the cancellations of the World Paddle Tour Buenos Aires um, tournament and Premier Paddle's tournament out in Egypt due to the current Israeli crisis. So, yeah, i got to say, I can't wait. and I'm glad to be done at tournament this week. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real shame. And uh but yeah, I think there's still plenty of paddle left and uh it's definitely looking like uh it will be an epic ending to the season. Agreed. Agreed. And well, moving on to the other topic that we wanted to discuss today. Our main men. Yes, you yes, correctly. It's our colleagues from Painterf. They released an interview with one of the biggest legends in the game battle, none other than the man we've been discussing a lot over recent weeks and even today, Frank Ostapaksu. And, well, I thought it was a really, really good interview and credit to them once again because they just keep on delivering the goods. And probably the main point I wanted to pick up on, I mean, there's quite a few, but one of the most important ones I thought is Stupa was talking about how much his playing style has changed since playing with Martin Nineno. So he spoke about the fact that when he played with Pablo Lima, he used to play from 
the front of the court a lot because Lima was very comfortable being at the back. And as we know, his lob and his defensive game is one of, well, was one of Lima's best attributes. Sadly, he's no longer playing professionally, but I'm sure he's still nailing those lobs, playing with his family and friends. <laughs> and so due to that, obviously, Stubastok was pushing forward and trying to be as close to the net as possible. However, with Dineno, Tuba was saying that Dineno is so quick and so quick to counter that Stuba finds himself behind Martin quite a lot and finds himself playing from the back of the court much more than he used to. And not only that, but he's also playing more bandejas and vivoras and getting more volume of the play than before because Martin leaves most of the balls that go down the middle to Stubasuk because Martin is obviously right-handed. And that didn't happen when Stuba played with Pablo Lima and it didn't happen when he used to play with Alex Reith, given that they were both lefties. So I really enjoyed that kind of piece of analysis. I don't know whether you have anything to add to that, Gons. Yeah, it was great insight from Stupa into how his game has developed depending on the type of player that he's playing with. I think they've clearly given an insight into how they play Martin and, and Stupa together in terms of just being at the net constantly very active, very rapid. I think both of their main physical attributes are de is definitely their speed because they're not the biggest people. They're not the strongest, but they are the probably the quickest on tour. So, uh, so you can see that when he was mentioning that sort of change, it was very much like, yeah, we like to go up to the net and stay in the net and block and all of that, which is something that, for example, um, obviously Lebron Angalan do exceptionally well and Koyan Tapia as well look, look for it constantly. So it was very interesting to hear that. Then the, yeah, the, the, the comment as well between the change of being left going from a, Two players, essentially, Pablo Lima and Alex Ruiz, who were his previous pairs, um, on, on and obviously both left-handed, uh, which meant that they, sh they had their they they shared the the overheads quite a lot in terms of who would go after the ball. But obviously now Stupa saying that he's the one that has to essentially take up most of the the overhead game and especially the the Vibora, I think that he was mentioning, which he says that. He's doing a lot of, but he doesn't particularly enjoy very much. Um, but yeah, it was it was it's always interesting to to get these sort of insights from players how they adjust based on who who they're playing with and how their game develops. Like, what other shots do do they need to develop because of um, who they play with? So yeah, that was that was very interesting and uh, and great from from Ventadiez to to get. Agreed. And I actually just want to give credit to Stupa because I know we've spoken about it a bit offline, given that we talk about paddle 25 hours a day. <laughs> but I remember when we spoke about him recently, I told you that I thought he's actually one of the most underrated players on tour. And this probably sounds stupid, and he's probably not as underrated now. And today, given that they're him and Dina are pushing for the number one spot. But he's been successful with all the pairs he's played with. So he was 
successful and won tournaments with Alec Therese. Then he teamed up with Pablo Lima, and we all thought it was a bit of a risky bet. Obviously, Lima, towards the end of his career, not at the peak of his game. Again, he won a number of tournaments, and more than I would have expected with Pablo Lima. And now he's smashing out the park with Ineno. He obviously won tournaments when he played with Sanya Gutierrez back yeah. in the day. So I'm pretty sure that, that last year's Premier Paddle in New Giza, it was won by Stupa and Pablo Lima. Agreed. Agreed. Actually, I remember them lifting the trophy, which was obviously one of the... It was obviously a very cool cool trophy, being one of the pyramids. And Exactly. To- totally agree. I just think he is probably underrated amongst maybe not amongst experts as much but amongst fans when people think about the biggest legends of the game etc and for me he's, he really really is right up there and I'm happy he's, he's doing so well he's also a very funny guy I, I'm sure you when you watched the interview you saw the start when the, our colleagues at Beta the Earth were saying how good of a setup he had because many of you all know but Stuckelbat is a gamer so he has this unbelievable setting at home with like a really good gaming chair, massive headphones, and he can actually change the light in the room with a with a remote control. And well, he's just he's just a very, I mean, cool guy for some. I just think he nerd for others, but I just think he he's a great character, a great personality, and he brings a lot of a lot of positiveness to to the world of paddle and another point that I wanted to raise is that he was asked about Lebron Angolan and the rumours around their split and whether he thinks they should split he said that in, in his eyes no but that he could understand if they took the decision to do so due to having had such a tough season well the fact that time and years end up creating problems in, in a relationship and in any sort of relationship, not just in a paddle pair, but for example, in in a in an actual love pair, as per se. Um, so interesting that he thought that they shouldn't split. I mean, I didn't expect him to go out and out and say, yeah, they probably should. I think they've <laughs> lost it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just thought I'd, I'd drop it out there. Yeah, very, I mean, leaves the, the door open. He does mention as well that he thought that Lebron, so, sorry, that Galan played a lot better with Lebron than, for example, with John Sant. And uh, that was quite funny, actually. I felt like there he was a bit, like, too honest. Like, he almost said, like, without a doubt, he was just like, yeah, Lebron was, uh, sorry, Galan just was so, so much better with Lebron than, than with John Sant. Um, and I think he realised that it did. Yeah, he yeah. Realised it when he said it, and then he was like, "Well, I mean, they also did really well kind of, with John." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's. I think it's what we've been discussing in in sort of the last couple of months, where it's like, sure, they can split, but where do both go? Who do they go with? And the options that are available are just worst for for both of them at least from a paddle point of view right we can from from a personal how the, you know get into a new relationship all of that it could be great but definitely from from a paddle point of view there's just no one better for each other 
Um, but yeah, that was like a, it was a fun little anecdote. I think before the end of the episode, actually something that I wanted to bring up as I just remembered, but uh, a couple of episodes ago, Hugo, we did do a poll on Twitter where we uh, asked our listeners and followers, what do they, because we had that little discussion around the paddle racket and um, we sort of went with like, would you look or do you look after a paddle racket that enhances your strengths or addresses your weaknesses? Uh, the context being that I was looking for, for a paddle racket that potentially is, is more rounded because I feel like the, the control side of my game is, is sort of better. Um, whereas now I sort of have Tapia's racket, which is a bit more attacking, I would say, you know, it has very good control as well. And uh, yeah, we did have one answer. Um, unfortunately, Come I on. can't <laughs> exactly. Uh, we can't uh, we can't see who it is from, I guess, because Twitter wants to keep the poll anon- anonymous, which is completely fair. Uh, definitely understand that. But uh, yeah, the answer was that uh, the followers said that they would um, look for for a racket that enhances their strength. So they sort of uh, agreed with what we were saying as well. And um, and yeah, I'm very much looking forward to to trying that out. And I'm going to announce it right here, Hugo, but I have bought the racket. So, uh, <laughs> for those... so we speak every day, every day <laughs> and you wait for this moment well i literally bought it yesterday so i mean there, there not a lot of time has passed but yes i have bought it so you bought just to clarify which one did you buy the addy power control so that's alex reeds is the one i've tried yes which i liked wow okay yeah. so well, this is a yeah. complete I mean, change guys, we're not we're not playing up on this this has actually happened live and yeah for most of you you won't really care about this but for us it's quite a big thing so um so yeah guys looking forward to watching you use your new bat on well this weekend obviously you'll be over in madrid so we'll let everyone know how you fare <laughs> exactly and this could be a very interesting test for for that poll as well but yeah just wanted to take some time as well to to give thanks to the person that answered and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll start to do a lot more engaging stuff and posts. So obviously feel free to, 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 yeah, to let us know your thoughts and engage. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really, I was really happy to see that. And obviously it's very, we thought it was a very interesting question to, to put out there. Uh, Cause I think myself, I've never really known what to go for. But uh, yeah, this is definitely the first time that I'm sort of doing this. I've always gone for this sort of like equipment or racket, even in tennis, that is more towards trying to address my weaknesses. So, uh, so yeah, I'm very interesting to, to test it out. So, I mean, now you're essentially going to become one of the best players in the world and just smash <laughs> out Park every day. <laughs> well, that is the goal, um, but I'm not sure we're going to get there. I wonder whether it's Alex Reith applied uh, to our Twitter poll anonymously <laughs> because he wanted you to buy his racket. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You probably, probably get those sponsors, uh, sponsor, sponsorship numbers up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, actually just before we finish and not that I want to go back to the interview again, but one really surprising element of it was that Stupa mentioned that 
there was the potential to have played with Coelho towards the end of last season. I don't know whether you picked up on that, Gons, but he said that the option kind of came up. Coelho was considering an early split from Villa and, well, Stuba decided to stick with Lima until the end of the season. That's what he wanted to do. It obviously paid off for them because they kept winning tournaments. But yeah, that would have been a hell of a pair as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, very interesting. And I think that just leaves the door open for the future, to be honest. If it's uh, already if it's already been in the air once, for sure it can it can happen again. And could that mean as well Tapia and Lineno? That would be quite interesting. I would love to see that there. I genuinely think it's gonna happen. So yeah, fingers crossed. But um other than that, time to say goodbye. Yeah, it is indeed. And it's been a great episode. It's always a pleasure to have you here, Hugo. Thank you to all our listeners to continue to support us. Hope you have a great week and we'll catch you next time. Cheers, Gons. Cheers, everyone. Have a great week. See you soon.